Hello and welcome back to Sleeve Notes by the Luna Collective. This is the podcast where we get your favourite musicians on to chat to us about their latest singles, their biggest inspiration and everything else in between. Today I was joined by Freddie Lewis who is a Bristol-based singer-songwriter who is having an amazing first couple of years in the music industry. He is a 23-year-old transgender artist. This year he played Glastonbury Festival and The Great Escape. We had a really open and candid conversation about gender identity, about dating, about star signs. We talk about his grandparents, their influence, classical music, jazz. We we hit loads of topics and Freddie was such a interesting, um, beautiful, really open and honest person that I really love chatting to. So without further ado, here is Freddie Lewis for Sleeve Notes by the Leaning Collective. Hello. Hello. My. Oh, Ooh, you're all blurry. Okay, there we go. Portrait mode, I like it. Oh, well, you know, because there's quite a lot of chaos behind here, so. <laughs> oh, so I got back from a festival on Sunday, so my room is just covered in absolute rubbish. I need to sort through it, but I just don't want to. <laughs> Was it Latitude where you at? No, it was called Truck Festival. It's like quite a small one, like a like a small indie thing. But it was re- it was a lot of fun. The rain did ruin it. I can't lie. <laughs> it was a very rainy weekend. I know, it was awful. How's your festival season? Have you been to many? I've done. I've been to a few prides, and I've done um, Glastonbury. <gasps> How was Glastonbury? It was great. Best week ever, and it was the weather was stunning. How are you anyway? How's your how's your morning been? My morning has actually been very successful. Ooh. Um my car isn't broken and I thought it was. So it was it's a good neat good neat morning for me. That's good. Why did you think your car was broken? It was just having a moment. All the garages were telling me it was broken and I took it to a different guy and he was like, they're lying. Well, not they're lying, but they were confused and explained why they were confused and it makes sense. That is a big relief. Always a big relief. Um Sorry, I was asking you how your Glastonbury was, and then we got completely interrupted. How was your Glastonbury? Was it good? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was really good. It was like um, it was very sunny. I saw loads of great music. I did like um a BBC introducing performance thing, like a like a like a just one for radio. Um, but we filmed it on the platform. It's called like the Emily Evis platform, right next to the pyramid stage. Oh wow! So like backdrop was like the pyramid stage and it was so cool um like on the friday morning so that was really really fun um and yeah just stayed up too late and ate loads of food and saw loads of bands and had a really good time oh that sounds so great well i kind of want to start by taking it back for everyone to kind of your background so like where did you grow up what's your family like how did you get into music all of all of the, the good classic backstory ones cool i mean yeah i um I grew up like different places on the south coast, but I did most of my growing up uh, in a, a little town called Parkstone, which is by like Paul and Bournemouth. And um, my mum, I live with my mum and stepdad, and my nan and granddad lived nearby, and they were big. They were just like um, community figureheads, like. Nan ran the WI choir. She like was chair of the WI. Granddad had a ukulele band and a like little toy boating thing that he did. Like they just like had a million hobbies, which is my personal ambition is to just live a life of hobbies. So I really looked up to them a lot. Um, Nan like 
we're playing the pit for like different Amdram productions at the local theater. So like growing up, I would go and turn the pages for her and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I got into music really was through their influence and um, their love of musical theater and wider music in general, really. Yeah. So when did you learn you could sing? Because obviously everyone grows up, you know, singing as kids. But was there a specific moment where you were like, I'm not half bad at this? Well, controversially, I actually think maybe um, I didn't have a like moment of like, oh, I am a singer. I more was like, I really want to be able to sing. And so like I was a musical kid and like I could hold a tune, but like, you know, no better than anyone else singing. Um, all the hymns and stuff in assembly, you know, like got the whole world in his hand, <laughs> all that. Everyone else was kind of hitting the same level. I wasn't, um, I wasn't throwing in licks and riffs and, and that, and that. Um, but I just kind of really wanted to sing and loved singing. And so when I was maybe like eight, I wanted, I asked my mum for singing lessons and was like, I really want to have singing lessons. Um, and she was like, let's do it properly. So she took me to like a classical singer who's like opera trained and I had to audition and I auditioned by singing a Sugar Babe song, I think. And quite funny, it was that what is ugly by the Sugar Babes, which the first line is when I was seven, they said I was strange. And the image of me singing it at eight years old is so funny. <laughs> like way back when I was seven, man, it was a different time. <laughs> um, uh, and so I auditioned with that and then she said, yeah, I think we can do something with this. Um, and then she like, Patricia trained me up for, you know, six years or whatever. Every Monday night I'd go to these singing lessons and I loved it. What's your relationship like to your voice though? Cause I assume your voice has changed through transitioning. It's really rewarding. Like I think before I transitioned, I had like a really, a very, very high voice. I was a very competent like soprano. Um, and would always kind of be doing the descant and the difficult high bits. I felt really a lot of control in the higher parts of my voice, um, which was kind of a weird thing to let go of. Um, and I didn't realize how how much I would kind of, I wish I documented it more, I think. I like wish I had more um, record of it, but I don't really. Um, it's taken me probably until about now to feel anywhere close to the amount of control I had over my voice when I was say, 17, 18, when I'd like trained for a while and I was um, comfortable and, and stuff before I started testosterone. I really only like the last few months, maybe six months have felt like to start to approach the same amount of level of control. You talk about kind of learning your love of music through your nan and playing piano and things like that. But was there a specific re moment where you realized you wanted to pursue music generally because I know that you kind of do lots of different things and poetry and art and all this sort of stuff so how does music sort of slot into those I had this um I like I always wrote songs like as a kid like when I was like eight nine ten I would sit at the, I had a, um, a keyboard that my nan had like upgraded and given me her second hand keyboard um and I would play like two notes and another two notes and was figuring out how it worked and would write little songs. Then um, I think the first one was called The Pebble. And it was about the idea of like perfection is quite simple rather than like a diamond or a star or like all these things. I was like, a pebble is perfect. <laughs> um, so I wrote that when I was like nine and then used to always sing it when we went on. 
when we were like on holiday, I would get an iPad keyboard out and sing it to people. <laughs> um, and then when I got a bit older, maybe like 12, 13, I learned guitar. And that's when I started really writing songs, um, like more regularly. Um, learned who Taylor Swift was and thought she was amazing. <laughs> um, I guess it was in her like Dear John era. So it was a pretty right. good time to be getting into Taylor Swift. Um, and I guess they kind of hit a point where after writing songs for so many years, I was just going to open mic nights a lot and getting booked for small, like acoustic -y gigs. And I just like loved it. Um, and then I remember really clearly going to see um, Jack Garrett in concert when I was about 16. And at this time I'd had quite a lot of like personal struggle with mental health from 13 to 16. Um, kind of unrelated to transition just to do with other stuff going on in my life and I'd not been able to go to school and I was really socially anxious like the idea of being in a gig crowd was like the last thing I thought I was capable of but my sister had bought me the tickets because she knew I loved Jack Garrett and I was starting to reintegrate into the world um like a couple of months earlier I'd been to my parents my mum and my stepdad's wedding which was like another huge social event that I didn't think I was capable of and so I was starting to prove to myself I could go outside again. And um, my sister took me to this gig and like all the way there, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. So I was like shaking and um, felt really sick and like just kind of shutting down. And then we got there and we found a quiet-ish corner or as quiet a corner as you can find in the Bristol O2 Academy. We were like behind this railing bit and like I was kind of protected by, by these two tables. And then I just like, just watched it. And I'd like, didn't think about anything else I stopped shaking like I didn't I wasn't nervous about all these people around me because I was just like in the music and I was like oh that's what music can do for people in a way that not all um art forms can like all, most live art can do that when it's done well like theater and musical and stuff like that but music in that space can can just like tune you in you know yeah yeah well um You've released She Wouldn't Believe, which is a really beautiful track. It's about trans joy and your own personal joy. I mean, writing that song must have been incredibly emotional for you. I'm trying to write at the moment um, with due, like, due nuance for both how sad it is to be, well, maybe sad is the wrong word, but how like uh, um, hmm, complicated it is to be trans. And also, you know, there's a tendency to sometimes as a way to like, explain ourselves or a way to be accepted to go like yeah trans joy like queer joy and I actually think that takes away from not just the like obvious political drawbacks but the um, the more philosophical or critical theory based idea behind being trans which is like it's kind of evidence of a flawed system in in general which is like a sad truth to hold as a trans person of like I have to be trans because we have this silly system of gender to organize ourselves and the song is trying to hold both like my own personal journey and feeling happy in myself and um but also acknowledge that like i think there's one line in it was the only spoken line in the song which says um there's no safety i can take that states the way i'm born to fail from the start which is kind of me going as no, now that i'm safe i've transitioned to be safe in the world um before i was kind of presenting as like quite a gender non-conforming perceived to be woman who, who was less safe and now I have all the privileges that come of looking like this and none of that safety will take away the fact that like I was 
born to, we were all born to fail in a gender system. And so even though the song is like full of my joy, like, yeah, she wouldn't believe who I've become. Like, I'm proud of myself. It's also trying to hold the fact that like, there is an intrinsic complexity to being trans and to gender as a whole. Um, but saying that in a three minute pop song is uh, <laughs> it's quite hard. <laughs> Have you noticed kind of differences? Cause you talk about the privileges that come with the way you look now. What are kind of the differences you notice from being kind of presenting in a gender non-conforming way to kind of being a bit more mask presenting? Kind of what are those differences that you've noticed? It's, um, <clears throat> I guess the main like, the main differences are like the obvious or not obvious, but like the ones that you would expect from like, you know, um, the experiences of womanhood versus manhood in terms of like being listened to and being talked over less and like in social situations being respected, respected more people stop and ask you for the time like people like all of these like small interactionary things that like aren't about safety necessarily but are about respect and then the ones to do with safety, which is like a more intense issue, I guess um, it's just like. I can walk home alone at night as long as I'm not present like I still I wear skirts and shit now so as long as I'm not um wearing a skirt or I'm not presented feminine or um look gay um which at uh, this uh, this would be a, a flaw <laughs> um I guess people are listening I'm wearing a Barbie bandana for anyone listening um <laughs> uh then I can walk home safe um or safer like not anyone's completely safe i guess i'm still quite small of stature but like way safer um then the other thing is like learning about desire and learning about desire in a different way of like what it means to be in a body that is desired by more people um because it means that like you know we live in um a society that rewards gender conformity as desirability and whiteness as desirability and i now know what like what a specific social power that holds and um it's odd it's odd it makes me it, it um it's quite hard to still uh remain like trustful of of people when you see people around you change change as you change um and and kind of yeah change their responses to you yeah as you change have you noticed that change even in people that you've known for a long time though? Uh, yes, but I think when people know you on a deeper level, there's like an added, like the people who I notice change most easily are like, you know, peripheral and quite surface platonic relationships um, or strangers, like strangers is probably the easiest one. But when people know you closer, they kind of know you as more than your physical being. Um, and so that change is different because I also have changed on the inside. Yeah. Well, you're kind of really open on social media. You talk about your top surgery and your experiences. What kind of drives that openness? I don't know that it's a super conscious openness. I think it's more like um, there are some things about uh, my transness and my surgery that like people in my personal life will know that are not on the internet at all. Um, the bits I'm open with are just the things that it's like, oh yeah, here's a shirtless picture because I was on the beach and I thought I looked nice the same way that anyone else will post a shirtless picture on the beach because they think they look nice. And I guess the times that I'm compelled to talk about it is usually when 
um, either I'll feel like overcome with emotion surrounding these things. Or when someone asks me, I think a lot of people ask, ask trans people like in an interview um, about these things. And so I, I, I think it's um, a chance to build closeness with someone to be open with them. Hmm. How, yeah. how does that kind of relate in the music industry though? Because you talk about kind of being more mask presenting and having more respect on the street do you kind of see that in the music industry like you present as kind of sometimes more mass presenting but then maybe when you come out and explain to someone do you see a difference hmm I'd say that um but short answer probably yes but I think um it's much more rewarding for me to um assume the best in everyone especially in the workplace yeah. um because if I'm constantly looking for it, it will always be there. And sometimes, you know, I'm not um, immune to kind of feeling deflated or feeling, um, you know, feeling the way a, a sound engineer will react before and after I've sound checked a song that's clearly about being trans. It's like a, a clear example. And But it's about kind of, um, for me going, I'm at work and I'm deciding to like, not let that be part of my narrative for today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you haven't been in the music industry for too long. So what's something that you've kind of learned that's really surprised you about the way it functions, if there's anything? Um, I guess, well, so I've been releasing music for two years. I'd say the thing that, the, the way that I've learned is um, more like alongside the music industry, as in like I try to just figure out how to keep making art and like it's really hard to be an up-and-coming musician in terms of like money and all of those things and so it's like my focus is always continuing to make art that I care about and that speaks to lots of different stuff that I believe in and figuring out how to continue to do that in um, in the music industry is like my main concern um, I think currently it's in a place where there's a lot of change. And so that is exciting and terrifying because it brings opportunity to like do it in a different way. And I think where I'm currently at, I'm like, how can I build a career for myself that doesn't depend on, or doesn't necessarily depend on all of the structures that um, maybe don't want to see me in those rooms or that I'll have more barriers to being in those rooms. It's, it's about going, all right, well, what can I make here? And, and that's, that's what I'm kind of concerned with. Um, at the moment yeah I think there are like I don't know I think there are a lot of trans musicians just maybe like trans people have always been like involved in art and been at the forefront of art because often especially for like trans feminine people often there isn't safety in other jobs and like so they go to the arts because it's like a space that's um more free of their need to like conform to gender or to you know, go sit in an office and uh, obviously that's such a like stark and annoying stereotype. Loads of jobs are like a hybrid. Between those things, loads of jobs are becoming more artistic and art is becoming less artistic in some instances. And there's like um, a lot more blurred lines between those things. But I think that like trans and queer people have always been really involved in the arts. It's just a case of like, you know, who gets to go in the live lounge or... <laughs> well, I actually don't think maybe it's not that that's the case. It's more of like, this the intermediary stage of like 
you know, once you're up here, once you're Sam Smith and they're like, they've proved themselves to be an internationally selling and successful artist, they, they don't need the support uh, as much. Like they yeah. will continue to have it because they've proved their worth. And it's about, for me, it's about who, who gets a leg up and who's given a chance. And I think there are times where I have, and there are times where I haven't, which is not dissimilar to every other artist's experience, I guess. Um, but there are lots of there are lots of really good trans artists. I guess it's just like about who we know and who we hear about. Yes. Who did you grow up listening to? Who who's kind of been a big inspiration for your music? I think my maybe those are those are two different answers because I grew up listening to loads of like <laughs> loads of like Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, uh, Rihanna, like lots of big pop like icons um uh obviously i don't know if katie perry and taylor swift are like quite in the same like um space icon wise i think they're like a bit more like of a like fan base um diehard stand thing rather than being like actually no taylor Swift's still hugely i'm i'm just i'm just um i'm being unfaithful that's messed up <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those are kind of who I grew up listening to on my like iPod shuffle. And then I also obviously listen to loads of classical music and also I guess loads of like jazz standard type music, which I think, I think the jazz standard influence is something that I bring through into my work a lot um, in the way that I like understand and shape melody and the way that I'll like resolve pattern, my like use of like a lot of um, my like chord harmonizations and stuff is influenced by like jazz standard type um work that i sung a lot of alongside classical music when i was learning to sing mm. what's your favorite taylor swift album <laughs> oh i don't i mm. i think 1989 oh good answer that's a good yeah answer. i think and, and i think Everyone, if they're honest with themselves, it is 1989. <laughs> yeah. It's about whether you want to be, you know, open to yourself in that way. <laughs> if you want to be honest with yourself. Yeah. No, I'm going through such a huge 1989 phase at the moment. I just can't stop listening to style. I don't know what it is. It's I mean, that song, so good. There are just so many, like, seminal pop songs on that album. So uh, interesting pop songs, too, not just, like, yeah. I've, great album stunning the era's tour is so stressful though like the whole way it's been set up it's so it's like my whole tiktok feed it's very stressful i'm clocking out my tiktok feed is lovely it's just people like telling me affirmations <laughs> it's like, it's like, it'll be like a fun fact about anxious attachment styles and then it'll be like here's your card reading for the day and it will be like, I, I clearly love to just, or like a nice toy poodle getting groomed. Like uh, there's no stress on my TikTok feed. <laughs> oh my God, that's so nice. Mine's just loads of like dogs being stupid and then people stressing about Taylor Swift. Yeah, I can't, I can't be getting stressed about Taylor Swift. It's 2023. You, you don't know, need I... to be getting stressed about Taylor Swift. I don't know that anyone does, but that's okay. <laughs> What's your star sign? Oh, are we doing that uh, Aquarius? My What's yours? I'm an Aries. Oh, <laughs> so, sorry. Anyway, that was, that was 
That was very candid. Oh. Oh. No, no. Oh. Sorry about that. Um. No. No. Aries. <laughs> I'm very sorry. That was that was actually very messed up of me. Okay. I'll forgive you. No. You just What's... mentioned card readings on your TikTok, and I was like, I've got, I've got yeah. to get in there. I'm nosy. I want to know. I'm completely a star. Like I became an ironic star sign lover in the lockdown, and then now it's just not not ironic at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I was like, no, I don't care. I don't believe in it. And now everyone I meet, I'm like, so you feel like a Capricorn. Yeah. But tell me why we're always right. I don't I don't make the I don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't I just I don't know why I care so deeply about it, but I just do. I think I just like it whenever you like start dating someone and then you can just Google it and be like, are we compatible? Oh, we're not. Okay, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's all of the rest in peace to all of the people I've um, cut off on dating apps purely because they've had Sagittarius written in their bio. Sorry, everyone. No, I actually, I actually, um, I deeply love Sagittarius's. I think that's the issue. Oh, we love Sagittarius's too much. Too much, yeah. <laughs> I see. Oh, um, you mentioned classical music. Um, mm -hmm. you talk about how kind of jazz influences your work. Does classical music influence your work in the in a similar way? I think probably in a less obvious way that I don't understand. Um, like I never, because of the time when I was singing operatically, I had no interest in um, understanding it other than understanding how to sing it. Um, whereas I guess in other styles of music, like I've always unpicked it a bit, a bit more. So I think the melody information and the like chord information is in me, but without me consciously knowing because I was I was just 10 and I was trying to win the certificate you know um so, <laughs> so yeah it's but it's it's a part of like there are some like classical more like romantic pianists like Chopin who I've looked into a bit more because my nan like loved Chopin and so I had a bit of a like you know there was a lot of time in 2020 to just do deep dives into things um so there's some work that I understand a bit more there, but I don't think it's as obvious of an influence in my work. It's just more of like what built me as a as a artist and like, like guess built my ears a bit. Yeah. So what's kind of what's kind of next for you? Are we just going to keep releasing music? Are there any big goals we want to hit in the next year or so? What day is this coming out? Um, it'll probably be a few weeks. Don't ask me exactly when. Well, then I will have already released my next single because that comes out on this Friday. That's um, called Pretty Secret. So that will be out, and then there'll be maybe and maybe some more, <laughs> and, and then and then there'll probably be some live shows and some live shows that aren't in this country and then I would love to do a rigorous festival season next year because I have so much fun playing at festivals. I'd love to take the band with me rather than taking solo performances um, because it is even more of a party. And yeah, I guess go and perform in new cities, continue to write and writing in like all the time in loads of different forms and I'm learning all the time and just to keep doing that really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, my yeah, my, my focus is to just continue to 
to write, to improve my live performance and um, play in new places. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned the new single coming out on Friday. What's what's that about? Talk, talk to me about that. So Prayer Secret is um, the probably my my cheekiest release so far. <laughs> um, and it's uh, it, it, on its surface, um, it's kind of about in school, there was a fun thing that kept happening where um, obviously in school, I was at an all girls grammar school, um, which was so fun for everyone involved. Um, really, truly a laugh a minute. There are, <laughs> there are so many trans masks that have come out of our like my year and the year above me. It's amazing. Um, and very fascinating for me from like a gender studies perspective. Um, but I would semi often uh, or every now and again, or at, at the right time in the right place in the right party, there would be maybe like a straight girl who I we had a mutual connection and evening. Um, and sometimes that would repeat itself. And it was always a secret. And so pretty a secret is kind of about and I initially felt quite um, annoyed by that. But I kind of learned after a while of like, going, hey, this is actually just fun. Um, a way that I coped with it as a 15 year old was to kind of own it and be like, yeah, I'm, I guess the lyric is I'm your pretty secret. And it's like, yeah, I'm your like, I'm your secret, sure, haha. Um, and kind of to lean into it. And uh, so the song is about that, but then I guess the recontextualizes that now my experience of that is with um, men sometimes who like are curious or whatever. And, and, and the same kind of dynamic repeats itself um, just from the other, the other way. And it's a song about like owning that and finding it's like, sad um that someone uh i guess it's a quite a transactional thing of like someone is using you to find themselves or using you to explore a part of themselves they don't feel able to elsewhere but also it's transactional um on both ends and if you can kind of lean in and enjoy it and go hey i'm having fun with a person who with um, there's mutual attraction then you kind of i have found you kind of re uh, re retake some agency in in the situation yeah yeah well, that, that is exciting i hope the release goes well i hope you get a massive festival season next year with all your bands <laughs> i hope thank an you. album at some point i hope i hope it all goes so beautifully and thank you for taking the time to talk to me this morning and i hope you learn to love aries because we're great so. i will no hey look i i have some dear aries in my life and they are they are great um, it was a, it was a shock reaction, and I'm sorry that you caught me on a on a Tuesday morning when apparently bitter at Aries is. It's, it's not it's not my usual state of being. I promise. But thank you very much, and I hope you have a wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much.